Hello everyone and welcome back to Talking Tolkien. Today we are discussing chapter 6 of The Two Towers, of book 1 of The Two Towers, uh, The King of the Golden Hall. As always, we are going to do a quick On This Day in Middle-Earth, followed by a recap of last week's events and our discussion of this week further... That's not the right word. Segwaying into our favorite things from this week. So, Katie, do you want to take us away? Today is February 11th. Yes. So on February 11th in Middle-Earth, in our current story, once again, they are still resting in Lothlorien. Still? Yeah. Really? Yeah. After all this time? They had I, to recuperate. I didn't think they were... Man. Intense things took place. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, were, I swear they they'd be up by now. They were, yeah, they they were, were kind were, of mourning a death of a Gandalf. Yeah. I know that, but I, I for some <laughs> reason when I was reading it, it just seemed like it was like less than a week. But However, I will tell you all, and I remember we remarked kind of the rest of them didn't weren't really aware of how much time had passed while they were in Lorien. That's true. Right? So I, I think that's kind of fitting. But I will tell you, however, uh, the Mirror of Galadriel episode actually does take place on February 14th, thereabouts. So we're, we're, we're getting near... Uh, the end of our spell there. Oh, that's so romantic. Middle Earth Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, similarly, also, uh, I believe Gandalf returns to life on the 14th as well, which, yeah. Yeah, I think do, so. I think that's right. Is there like a cause and effect there? Is, <laughs> like, due to the mirror situation, it brings him, like, is there, is, is, is that connected? I hadn't ever investigated that, but that would be an interesting thing to investigate. There might be something there because <laughs> we're talking about like a moment where Gandalf goes in and out of time and then comes back and then Frodo kind of goes in and out of time along with Sam. At the very least, it's a neat little coincidence. There are no coincidences. <laughs> there are no coincidences ever. But at any rate, currently the uh, the 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 Fellowship minus Gandalf, of course, are in Lothlorien. All right. Well, that's about sums it up. People coming back to life. People looking in magical bowls of water. What a day! What a day! What a mighty fine day! Anyway, Chase, you want to tell us what happened last week? Well, it's funny you said all that because that's basically kind of what happened last week. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Gandalf came back to the remnant of the Fellowship, and he explained how he fought the Belrog and how you guys shouldn't worry about Merry and Pippin. They're with some, you know, trees fighting a battle, <laughs> and you shouldn't worry about Frodo and Sam because they're way out of sight now. And they're on their own. Now we got to go to Rohan and talk with uh, Theoden. Good. Yes. I was worried there for a second. I was gonna forget his name. I was like, I just read all this today. Um. <laughs> And they meet Shadowfax, the glorious uh, pony lord, and goes sweeping across Rohan. Indeed, that is that is his proper term, pony lord. Is the that pony right? lord. Is that right? All that's, right. Yeah, that's written in the text exactly. Remember, it's it's the Maradras, right? Maras. Mar Mar. Oh, crap! I knew I was going to get one thing wrong. Maras. I think I think you were trying to channel Maedros. I that was, I was yeah, saying actually, Maedros and yeah. Yeah, I was doing that. <laughs> uh, you know, when you said it, the, the Pony Lord kind of sounds like a tavern. So to segue or to to recoup a little of our conversation last week, and the guy who told us in, uh, I think it was Houston, that there's a restaurant called the Hobbit Cafe and also Treebeards. Let's open. Let's let's add one to the list called the Pony Lord. 
All right, then. It doesn't even have to necessarily be directly Tolkien-tied. Not, I, mean, I mean, you know, a, sort of a variation of the Prancing Pony, but almost. Pony Lord. Oh, my God. I remember seeing on Tumblr a list of uh, onion headlines screen-capped over bits from Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. And and my favorite one was local bar comes out as gay, and it was just a picture of the Prancing Pony. <laughs> <laughs> but enough of that. We left our... our um, I'm going to say our heroes. We left some of our heroes, uh, mm-hmm. Gandalf, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, riding off quickly through Rohan. And that is exactly where we picked them up. So no shifting of plot lines this week. Right. Just jumping right back into it. Um, but with now the return of Gandalf as our great captain and leader. So, you know, they're, they 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 go on and Gandalf doesn't really allow them much rest because again we're in haste we need to we're, we need to get to Edoras soon and eventually off in the distance Legolas sees the golden hall and it's and it's quite a sight yes I, I had some fun trying to visualize this area yeah the golden hall there's there's some really great artwork out there um, of the golden hall um, I, I mean pretty much any place that you get a great description in Tolkien, there's there's going to be a great piece of artwork out there. But um, cool story, bro, because I can't exactly remember what it is, but uh, there, there, but there's a great one. I'll just tell there's you. There's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of of the hall at Metaseld. So Gandalf leads them uh, to Edoras and reminds them that they kind of need to tread carefully here. Because remember, it's wartime, and Rohan has been dealing with some some nasty business, and the Rohirrim are on guard and are kind of jumpy right now. And as they get closer, you know, they're talking about it, um, and I think it's Legolas who says, you know, like this is five hundred years old, mm-hmm. which seems fairly young to my people, but to like men, oh, it's because they pass like a great, like a royal graveyard. They pass the barrows, yeah, and they yes. they kind of get a sense of the longevity of of Rohan, and yeah, it's you know they see the it's called Simbulmona, the um kind of white flowers that grow. Can I get a repeat on that one? What was that again? I I think it's pronounced Simbulmona. Simbermerna. Yeah, that's yeah. close enough. It's like you just say symbol and then you mumble after that. <laughs> right? Symbolmerna. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Legolas is like 500 years is nothing to my people. I've been alive for much longer than that. <laughs> but oh, to be a sad mortal man where that seems like a long time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, to be a sad mortal man where 500 years is not but a blip in your lifetime as it is mine. <laughs> and it's funny and is they, there's not even anybody who could feel really bad about that because Aragorn's like apparently really old as well. So <laughs> Not not he's anywhere a, he's near. only like 80 right now. Yeah, Aragorn's actually around like 80. But but at the same time, oh, yeah, right. he, he's, he's, he's a stately gentleman. Hey, dude, I'm but standing also, right here. <laughs> <laughs> they also talk about how the 500 years was like long enough for their language to diverge. And how the Rohirrim kind of have their own language. And right. Le- Legolas says, uh, it is like to this land in itself rich and rolling in parts and else hard and stern as the mountains. That was actually my first kind of big note on this chapter. I really liked that neat little detail about the language being sort of similar to the land there. Uh, 
Yeah, cause I'm, I, I don't know. I'm always interested in linguistics and how language is shaped by uh, necessity and and by by a culture. But in this case, it's the way that he describes it. It's almost as if the language is shaped by the land or at least shaped similarly to the land. So that was a neat little tidbit. And yeah, so Aragorn indeed sings an old song in, in that language of the Rittermark. And again... The, the guards, when they, when they meet them, the guards speak to them in the language of Rohan instead of in the common tongue. Oh, yeah. So again, Rohan is kind of, ha, it has been isolated and is closed in on itself and is not very welcoming to them right now. They do not get a warm welcome at all, particularly because of our friend Gandalf, right? So... The, the guards that they, that, they, that they meet tell them that nobody is welcome at Edoras during times of war. It's been decreed by uh, King Theoden. Uh, who are you and what are you doing here? You guys look weird, <laughs> which is a common theme. <laughs> well, and also, like, there's some kind of poking and prodding. I, and it's probably not here, but it's like th- these these didn't actually come from Theoden. Yeah. Almost like Gandalf's like, no, 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 no. Like that no, that no. seems they, odd. They, Theoden like... didn't say that, did he? Right. They're like, well, maybe not. I don't know. Well, but Gandalf also says like, why do you greet us in your own language and not in common speech as, in, as is the tradition of the West? Right. And so there's another bit of that saying there's another bit of the the linguistics uh influencing the text mm-hmm. right and so ag- again there's this kind of standoff between the two parties here and uh, aragorn says we're here to bring back house of helen arad as Eomer had asked us to do a few days ago and eventually we get to the guards say that someone named Wormtongue has made this yeah. order that no strangers can come to Edoras now. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. Actually, his, actually, we got it even better because not only is he called Wormtongue, it's, it's Grima. Grima, Grima. Yeah. Grima Wormtongue. Okay, I will say, like, the naming convention here gets a little on the nose. Uh yeah, a little bit. And like maybe maybe they call him Wormtongue because his tongue is wormy. I mean, at one point Gandalf even says like take your forked tongue out of the king's ear. Calls him a witless but, worm. Yeah. Um, hold on. Which just... is a great insult. I mean, but the fact that they just like openly call him Wormtongue even while he's still serving is a little <laughs> like oh, this guy this guy is clearly evil. Yes. Yeah, he's also like pale and sickly looking too. He's, he's just Imagine there's like he's greasy, like I mean, also grim, grima, grimy kind of like th- thoughts come to my mind. But they, but they, uh, you're looking up. What are you looking up? You're digging deep in. Is that the appendix? Yes. Oh wow. She, yeah, she's clearly. Oh, like Tolkien spun something that made it seem a little bit that was more in the fiction. While you while you do that, I guess I'll keep. I will keep going on the. So they they. They're 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 welcomed up to uh, go up to the the hall, and then they're met by even more men who are at the gates, who are basically like, uh, you know what, you can't, yeah, you can't bring those weapons in here. And Gandalf's well, even like, no, yeah, what? The, the, the guard's <laughs> name was Hama. Hama. Uh, yeah, he's actually in in his spare time. He's a DJ. He goes by MC Hama. 
I'm not surprised by that one that at was all. Bad. Okay, well, I, I, I can't find it, but if you had asked me before, I would have found it for you. Anyway. Um, you can save it for next week. So, yeah, uh, you know, and Gandalf, at the at the very begin first mention of Wormtongue, had kind of seemed on edge and, and angered by that and said, you know, my business is with Theoden, not not Wormtongue. Yeah, why, why is Theoden talking through this guy? Like, Theoden doesn't sound like the type of person who would have someone else talk for him. Right. But so yeah, the these the guards here, so, you know, you you must leave your weapons. Can't bring them into the hall. And Legolas is pretty quick to just like be like, okay, just be careful with this because Galadriel gave him to me. Mm-hmm. And it's Aragorn who's like, uh, hold on, I'm not giving up my sword. And Gandalf is like, well, if Aragorn won't, I won't. This is Glamdring. He was moved by the elves. And they're like Leg or they're like Aragorn. We don't care if you have Andriel. You just need to give it up. And Aragorn's like, I'm going to place it there myself. <laughs> Don't touch it because legend <laughs> has it that if anybody other than me, the Erebus Eldor touches it, he will die. So just keep that in mind. I want to believe that's the tone too. It's just like, it's just like, nobody touch this. No one will get hurt. <laughs> just want to make sure there's like a big prophecy on this thing. Okay. Well, and you heads up. You also get this feeling too, as they're like reluctantly laying aside their weapons. It's like take care of our babies. <laughs> and then Gimli is like, "Well, okay. Clearly, clearly, Andrew needs some company, so I'm going to put my axe down next to him." <laughs> and, and they're walking in. And additionally, if if. If Aragorn can lay down Andriel, then I can as well lay down my axe. But there was a there was something here that a guard said that I really really liked, and he was talking to Gandalf, and he says, "Old and weary you seem now, and yet you are fell and grim beneath, I deem." And I think, uh, of course, he couldn't be more right. Uh, again, again, again. I think there's more to you than meets the eye, and I'm yeah. I'm a little I'm a little suspicious of you, but I'm gonna let this pass. And it, it, uh, additionally, he wants Gandalf to leave his staff behind as well. Oh, but you wouldn't make an old man part with his walking <laughs> stick, would you? Right, Gandalf. Gandalf plays the old man card. Really does hardcore. <laughs> But since Hama believes that they are honorable people, he decides he'll he'll let the old man keep his staff, his walking stick, right? So, no, I, I've noticed something about I've noticed something about Rohan. There just would be like they'd probably be very devoted to Theoden, but since it's Wormtongue giving the orders, they're like they're following it, but they're kind of not following it at the same time. Well, yeah, this is this is strange you know they're, like they, giving, they're giving these orders but they're rolling their eyes at the same time like mm-hmm. oh, i was told to do this even though i've never been able to do this before theoden is a strong great king right as we'll see later and um he knows gandalf too and we've talked about before you know gandalf had come to to theoden for help and here we have uh these uh orders that seem to have come not necessarily from Theoden, more from Wormtongue himself. So, yeah. And indeed, as we walk into the hall, there we see Theoden sits on his throne with Wormtongue at his side and a lady behind him. So, on this note, to bring up the old man card again, <laughs> Theoden seems like quite the old man, kind of like hunched over and like... Bent with little age. Little wisps of white hair. Yeah, kind of 
curling down from under his crown that had like a single diamond on the forehead but was otherwise kind of sparse and like he just seemed like frail and old like a bag of trash covered in snow <laughs> covered in something <laughs> and yeah it's you know it's it's not the image that you would think that or that or that you would hope too to see uh, of of King Theoden because again we walk into this hall and it's very it's the splendor of the hall is evident there's oh yeah you know, like colors this, everywhere and my favorite thing was like the 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 the, the fire pit that was stretched out mm-hmm. like in the middle like that was just a great image yeah and kind of intricate carvings again and you know it's it's the splendor of this hall is in stark contrast to the the appearance of the king right now. And so Gandalf addresses Theoden. And as we know, he tells him, you know, we, we need to band together um, if we don't all want to meet our end uh, because the storm comes. And this is not met with enthusiasm at all uh Theoden kind of responds that you know Gandalf always brings bad news with him and you know I said well what are you doing here well did they call him something like storm Storm that was one of the part I wanted to pull out it's like news from afar is seldom soothed here you come again and with you come evils worse than before as might be expected why should I welcome you Gandalf Stormcrow yeah so Gandalf then, has always brought bad news, he says. And and and, and Wormtongue responds with, You speak justly to that. Like he's mm-hmm. just over there like goading. Yeah, keep this yeah. keep this kind of like way of going. Yeah, right. You know, Wormtongue is sitting over there just kind of stoking the fire, right? Saying, Yeah, that's exactly what I want you to say. <laughs> and you know now Wormtongue speaks and again, kind of mirrors what Theoden had said. And we learned that Theodred, who was the heir of the king, had died five days ago. And Wormtongue says we can't trust Eomer, which is kind of shocking to us or should should feel shocking to us. And, you know, there's more bad news from Gondor and Sauron grows stronger. And now here comes Stormcrow. And again, ill news is an ill guest, he says. And so, of course, he's verbally attacking Gandalf and accusing him of always asking them for help but never giving help himself. I just, I just, it didn't hit me while I was reading it, but it suddenly hit me right now. Wormtongue is a real hypocritical piece of crap <laughs> because he's so like, oh, news from far is always bad. Yet this person's always saying depressing crap, like just depressing <laughs> things mm-hmm. to like. Again, stoke the fire. He's a fear monger. He's yeah. kind of like leaning on the depression of the people of Rohan in a way. Uh, and it's just, I just, sorry, I just noticed that and it didn't really hit me b- until then. Yeah, and that's um, something that we'll probably come to a conclusion about later. <laughs> um, he, he also speaks ill of Galadriel, which is never a, a thing to oh. do. <laughs> Gimli's about to... Gimli's about to fight him, and then and then Gandalf is like, no, 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 no. We need well, to have he says, <laughs> he says, is it true, as Eomer reported, that you were in league with the sorcerers of the Golden Wood? Yeah. So, again, sorceress, and uh, what have we heard before, that there's like a net of 
uh, like sorcery or something. I don't know the, the specific words that have been used before, but yeah, uh, in in Lorien. So, I just want to say that if we do open this restaurant, Sorcerers of the Golden Wood is an amazing name for a drink. Oh yes, I think so too. I that it would it would have to be uh, something something bright and bubbly. I was thinking like a cider, like a cider cocktail. A cider, yeah. I had something this past week that was cider mixed with tequila, and it was very refreshing and, like, uplifting. Mm. It doesn't sound good, but it was pretty great. Well, I I would be open to suggestions for what... For what what uh, what that cocktail consists of, but so yeah, it's 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 at this point that Gandalf calls Wormtongue a witless worm, and there's this great uh, retaliation from from Gandalf here, and you know really calls him out. And so now you know Gandalf has had enough, and he decides he's going to free King Theoden from the influence of Wormtongue, and also so by doing from the influence of Saruman, right? So he uses his staff, which thankfully the guard <laughs> had witlessly allowed him to bring into the hall, uses his staff and, and like calls down this great roll of thunder. And you see the storm like through the slits in the, in the roof, which is great, and sends Wormtongue like splayed out on the floor. Splat. Yep. And greasy mess. Faceplant. And a greasy mess, indeed, on on tiles. Um, which was another instance of Gandalf using uh, magic for something that absolutely needed to be done. Yes, because it seemed like nothing was going to quite... They didn't need to be knocked out of the stupor he was in. Mm-hmm. And even then, as this kind of like starts to happen, like life kind of starts coming back into him. He mm-hmm. starts getting a little bit more youthful um, upon him. But sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. But but that's true, though. And Gandalf, you know, having thrown Wormtail down, Gandalf now. Wormtongue. Wormtongue, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do that. You said Wormtail. I knew I was going to oh, do that at some point. you got your Harry Potter in My Lord of the Is Rings. Is he like a rat with a naked... Or a, you know what? Tail? They're both very rat-like. So I, I would have cast Timothy Spall as Worm... I mean, Wormwood. Worm... I got... Worm, now I messed it up! <laughs> Wormtongue. I meant to say Wormtongue. Ca- wormwood. S- wormwood, he's not the magical ingredient in Absinthe. Anyway, well, we're really yeah. We're, yeah. We, we swear we know the name of this character, guys. Gandalf throws so, Worm... Worm tongue yeah. down, and now asks Theoden, "Please, you you need my help. Take my help. Ask for my help. I'll give it to you." And takes Theoden outside, gets him to stand and go outside. And this is a great moment where so he's he kind of comes out of this darkness that's been cast upon his hall and breathes the fresh air and begins to come back to himself. Well, and they, like, announce his presence, and mm-hmm. Gandalf says, you know, look out on your kingdom, and Theoden is like, oh, it doesn't look that bad. Yeah. And he and I like this comment he throws towards Eowyn that just says, go, Eowyn, sister-daughter, the time for fear is past. Yeah. So we get, like, this feeling of clarity that's coming back, and a little bit more hope for, for Rohan. And it's, yeah, it's also at this time that we meet Eowyn and have this great description of her and her golden hair and her uh, her beauty, but also her strength. 
And she catches the eye of Aragorn. Yep. Yeah. Yep. She does. And so now we get to uh, talking about Eomer because Gandalf asks Theoden, hey, uh, is it true that you uh, have you have locked him away? Uh, please send for him. Yeah, he doesn't deserve that at all. <laughs> Primarily because he's locked up for... Wormtongue basically has poisoned the mind of the king to such a degree that he is basically evoke. He's bringing in Saruman's commands and basically saying like, "Okay, there's going to be some orcs that are going to run across Rohan. Yeah, you need to disregard them completely." And mm-hmm. what's his name again? I can't remember. Aemir. Aemir. was like told, "Don't mess with these orcs." He's like, "Nah, we're not doing that. Aemir's we're going to take." Like- we're going to take down these orcs. There's and, orcs. I'm going to kill them. And it's noted that it was good that he did that or else Mary and Pippin would have been lost. But that's not set. Yeah. It's it's kind of just said or he Saruman would have gotten would have gotten some angle on us or something like that. Right. Um, and so Theoden is like, well, since Hama turned out to be a pretty bad door guard, <laughs> let's make him into a messenger instead. <laughs> Yeah. So they send Hama, and Amor comes really quickly. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, while they're waiting for Amor to come, Gandalf also, you know, speaks with Theoden, fills him in. Um, and throughout this whole discussion, again, Theoden is becoming more and more himself and coming coming back to his own consciousness. And Gandalf has basically at this point told him, uh, so war is coming and we need you. And Theoden sort of regrets this a lot. He makes a comment about, you know, wishing that he could rest in his old age and that he's he's earned that rest in his old age. Um, and then he also makes a very sad and poignant note of pitying the young that have perished and pity pity for Boromir. And yeah. And, and that the young are perishing and the old still remain. Um, but, you know, he's, he's got to go to war again now. But, but he will. And so, yeah, so Eomer, of course, returns and lays his sword at Theoden's feet. And it's really not until Theoden... Uh, draws his the sword that his full strength really returns and there's this great moment where like he swings the sword and uh like calls the riders to arms and says fourth erlingas right and he uh really truly comes back to his that, strength as a king that was a cool part that was a really cool part where he says like arise now rise a theoden mm-hmm. that was I actually got chills reading that part like, yeah it was really cool I'm sorry, Chase, when you said arise, arise, all I could think of was arise, chicken. Chicken arise. arise. (laughs) (laughs) From that episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Um, But yes, when they find the sword, they had like look for it. And I I think it was Hama again, or it was one of the guards who said, oh, well, this was in Wormtongue's like chest and he was really reticent to give up the key. Among other things, too, apparently uh, Wormtongue has been hoarding (laughs) uh, other people's possessions, right? In, and Wormtongue in, is, yes, quick to say, like, no, he asked me to hang on to the, the sword for him. He didn't say where. Back when he was messed up and doesn't remember anything, you know. <laughs> and then Gandalf kind of says, like, oh, what was the price, Wormtongue? When all men were dead, you could have the woman of your choosing. Yeah. 
So that was a a, a moment. Um, and you know, Gandalf is continuing to expose the depths to which Wormtongue's betrayal of the king go. And you know, and and indeed, you know, Eomer knew this too that Worm Wormtongue was after Eowyn as well. And Gandalf kind of and ultimately accuses Wormtongue of serving Saruman and now Theoden again is learning more and more the extent of his old faithful servant who had turned against him and finally gives him this ultimatum. He says, either you fight alongside me at Isengard or you leave immediately. Yeah. And well and also before that, Gandalf had noted that he he can't stay here. Yeah, he goes somewhere, but he can't stay here because yeah. because Allow- Worm- he said Wormtongue yeah, had have to tried go home, to, but you can't stay here. <laughs> yeah, closing time. <laughs> I know who I. Okay. But it was uh, it was good. I I did like that bit where with the, Theoden reacted with saying, "Well, you either fight with me or you go back to Saruman." Right, because that was you know Wormtongue himself has continually tried to, you know, weasel his way into. Um, uh, his own desires and his own doings, right? Because he had said, "Well, someone needs to stay here and 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 uh, serve in, in your in your place, and I could do that." Well, no, Wormtongue, you either come no, with me can't. or you leave. <laughs> um, and so, of course, given given that ultimatum, Wormtongue flees. He 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 just pieces out and runs. And they're like, "Well, get him because of course you guys are going to stop him, but just give him a horse and tell him to get out of here." <laughs> They ultimately do. Yeah, and I liked. Uh, I think it was Legolas remarks like, "If any horse will carry him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no! It's like if any choice, like uh, choice. That's not how you say horse. <laughs> if any horse, well, yes, he says like will carry him, but the implication is like if any horse will like steep himself low enough to like accept that burden. Exactly, because yeah, horses are a great judge of character, just like dogs are, guys. Um. So, you know, things are things are now looking up for our King Theoden and, and, and for Rohan because we've kind we've banished the uh, scourge that had been laid upon it for for so long. And now Theoden asked Gandalf to name a gift, uh, which which uh, so by by interestingly enough, also by kind of sending away Wormtongue, Gandalf is back in the good graces of, yeah, of Rohan, yeah. right? Like, I think uh, Eomer even makes a comment, like, sort of that Gandalf has redeemed himself. Like, now now you no longer bring bad, only bad news to us, Gandalf. <laughs> like, you've, you've done a good thing here. You've helped us. Uh, but so the gift that Gandalf asks of King Theoden. Just let me, just let me keep me, let, just let me keep hanging out with Shadow Facts because he's a real cool dude. A mighty so. gift indeed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also it's like so he you know, he 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 had only merely borrowed Shadow Facts before yeah. and he wouldn't dare risk him, uh, especially if he were borrowed, but he really needs him for battle. Uh he needs him for silver against black is what he says, which is great. But and, also Thea didn't even note that in a way well oh yeah, we'll totally let you keep it, but if we brought even if we brought him back, no one here could even take like properly take care of him or like ride him so right. whatever you can't it, totally you keep him <laughs> again not just anyone 
can ride Shadowfax, and Gandalf and Shadowfax have kind of formed this bond too. So, you know, they're 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 bros now, and uh, yeah, Theoden agrees, and he also gives them some uh, uh, helms and uh, shirts of mail and shields, and, and they pre- well, he let he lets them choose. Yeah, and they prep. They basically are prepping for. This chapter They're getting ready to go is to really short, mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff happens. It throws a lot out there of, like, you know, we've gone from, like, like poison mind of a king to the king's back to warm tongue thrown <laughs> to, out. To, we're riding into war. We're riding into war. Like, it's just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Well, to briefly return to the, the gifts that he gives the other members of the party, um, it says that, you know, Legolas and... Aragorn took some some mail, but Gimli had no need for it because mm-hmm. his was made in in Moria. But what Gimli did take was a sword with like it was like the figure of a horse a on shield. a green and white background. He took a, a shield. shield. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And Theoden is like, "Oh, that was made for me when I was a boy." <laughs> and Gimli is like, "I will be proud to bear a horse." Much more happy than for a horse to bear me. Right. Because remember that Gimli's relationship to horses is about the same as Sam's to boats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Basically. Really. Okay, says, Indeed, sooner would I bear a horse than be born by one. Right. And that so that kind of segues into this really nice moment between uh, Gimli and Eomer because Eomer, they seem to have come to this sort of friendship now and Eomer promises to never speak ill of the lady again and kind of, and Gimli says, well, I hope that you get to meet her sometime because uh, then, and then you would truly say that she's, she's the fairest of them all, right? And Eomer invites Gimli to ride with him. As long as Legolas gets to ride to yeah. my yeah. side. That was, yeah. that was Gimli's one requirement. It's like, okay, but I'll leave Legolas. Like, my BFF is next to me. Yeah, because... And then Aomer is like, okay, and then Aragorn will be on the other side, and... We will just be the three besties, <laughs> or rather the four besties. Three amigos, four amigos. Of... And then with our great leaders, Theoden and, and the White Rider, that makes us six amigos. So, yeah. I mean, we're truly unstoppable right now. Well, and they yeah. are running into they they are going into battle, and there's a concern growing up because Theoden's going, and the next heir that he has said is Aemir. And this is the greatest and moment. He, it's like okay, if we're going, going, if we both die, who's going to take the place of Theoden and, and Aemir? Uh, yeah, Aemir. Mm-hmm. And the people kind of speak in many ways on this one. Yeah, and they say, well. It's got to be Eowyn. Well, they so basically, yeah, they say, um, well, you know, it, it should stay in, in, in the house of Theoden. And Theoden says, well, but, but you know, my heir is gone. And again, Eomer will not stay. And Hama is actually the one who speaks up. And he's like, no, no, yeah, we're talking about Eowyn. We pick Eowyn to rule. Uh, this is so great. Um, because she, you know, she's clearly very well respected and, when Hama speaks of her, he says she is fearless and high-hearted. All love her. Let her be as lord to the Aer Lingus while we are gone. I, I, it's just a great moment for uh, women in fantasy. Let the heralds announce to the folk that the Lady Eowyn will lead them. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Eowyn is effectively ruler of, of, of the horse lords right now which yeah. is which is just great she's the ultimate horse girl she is so here we are okay, i'm sorry if anybody out there is willing to do this fan art we need tina belcher as a one 
with 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 her porcelain horse horcelain yes <laughs> oh my gosh um but yeah uh they are preparing to ride into the west now and off they go a great host of riders led by of course the good king theoden and the white rider by the good king theoden and the white rider okay badass um but there's something that i wanted to touch on with throughout this whole chapter that again we saw i talked last week about uh gandalf having this kind of new i mean you know gandalf being similar and yet different to his old self and having you know still sort of speaking in riddles and being very wise but also being even more perceptive uh, yeah oh yeah because yeah, gandalf originally said you need to take your people to helm's deep right now mm-hmm. and theoden is like no actually i need to fight and battle and gandalf is like oh okay yeah <laughs> well it's also i think a statement on as well that theoden is a strong-willed dude mm-hmm. he is super strong like even when like gandalf has said was saying like something like this is what you need to do with worm tongue he's like yeah i'll do that and then some like i i will add a little bit to it as well uh, it's like again G- Gandalf kind of understands of himself as, in many ways, counselor to great lords, but not the actual leader, and is very perceptive of that. Yeah, it's it's kind of reminiscent of um, Gandalf's place during the Battle of Five Armies. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was counselor to all these like leaders that had popped up in Middle Earth now in this one area, you know. Right, and again, that's kind of his job, is to counsel and help them and bring out the best of their qualities, um, but not to be necessarily their leader, right? Um, he's their their helper. And he also con- convinces Theoden that Wormtongue is a, tra- is a traitor, uh, largely through words. He basically gets Wormtongue to... Bet- to expose himself yes um and so we 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 see this great push and pull between worm tongue uh using language and words to deceive and gandalf using it to um to to bring out the truth so i that's one of my favorite parts about this chapter is that um the 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 different ways that we see words and language used All right. Chase? Chase what? Favorite What's thing. Up? Katie just kind of segued into hers. Oh, you did? Oh, that wasn't my favorite no, thing. I didn't think that was your favorite oh. thing. No, I was okay, just commenting Katie, well, you on... You ended with saying, like, this was one of my favorite things. One of so your favorite like, oh, okay. well, One great. of her favorite things. But I now mean, we can if, go into favorite yeah. parts from the text. <laughs> All right. Katie, you want to give us your, your canonical favorite? <laughs> so my actual favorite thing from the text this week is... Uh, Hama suggesting that Eowyn rule in Theoden's stead. That's, I, it's just great. I love it. Girl power. Uh, it's my favorite thing too. So I'm <laughs> just going to chime in with that. That was a very cool scene in a, in a chapter full of cool scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine was the fact that we crossed the halfway point in the entire Lord of the Rings book in this chapter. Wait, we did? Yeah. Oh, that's right. 
We're we're pretty much yeah we're halfway through Lord of the Rings right now. Because my copy of the book is one thousand eight pages, and today we read through page five hundred and four. Oh wow, that's impressive. (laughs) I can't see that on my version because it's all broken up. (laughs) And in fact, that moment is when um when Gandalf is like convincing Theoden to like cast aside his uh walking stick and like stand upright and like be youthful again like that oh, is the halfway point of this book that's cool that's a beautiful coincidence that's, of yeah. printing <laughs> that's really cool because that feels like a good halfway moment like, like halfway. It's, it's the put up or shut up kind of moment of the story in a way <laughs> which there might be more of those along the way but we'll you know that just seemed like the penultimate one <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck yourself, is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, any recommendations from outside of The Lord of the Rings? Uh... I have one. It's not like the greatest thing ever. I just was, uh, I was, I work at a bookshop and I close up on Mondays. I work late and sometimes it's really slow because it's a Monday and it's cold out. So no one shows up. So sometimes I pick up books and you know, and I picked up a book I hadn't read in a very long time. And I was like, I'm going to reread this again, sat there and read and then even took it home and read even more of it. So I read about 200 pages of it in one day. Um, and that book was Jurassic Park by McCrichton. Mm-hmm. Hadn't read it in a very, very, I read it when I was probably like 12 or something like that. Didn't understand it. Reading it now, I'm like, man, this is a good book. Uh, characters suck, <laughs> but it's a good book. It's really meaty it's all like if you really want like the nitty-gritties of how to make a jurassic park (laughs) read the book because that's all the book is is just scores of exposition and i have been digging exposition as of late primarily coming off of um that last chapter with gandalf yeah yeah yeah. i just kind of went to read things with a lot of exposition so if you want things a lot of exposition read michael crichton exposition he's very good at exposition exposition helps you learn about the world won't give you a whole lot else but (laughs) he'll definitely give you a lot of good exposition (laughs) in fact funny enough my favorite book from michael crichton has a lot of um exposition but not as much of his other books not sphere because sphere is trying to be a straight-up horror book but Jurassic Park is full of exposition. <laughs> For me, I, I don't really have anything new to add. I had kind of a boring week. Um, I am still reading Ancillary Justice. I mostly like it, but a lot of the sci-fi concepts are a little traditional sci-fi concepts. Oh, I don't know. yeah. A lot of the book feels new, but the parts of the book that don't feel new are like very like sore thumb in that aspect you know Mm -hmm. but i'm reading it pretty quickly and i'm enjoying it so that's not a slight really that that's kind of like the hurdle i had to get over with like ex machina because i find ai in science fiction really boring uh but that was a good take on it so i mean yeah i mean the narrator of this book is an ai and for the most part it's told in a fairly kind of straightforward first person narrative but i can't occasionally it talks about the fact like the AI embodied multiple persons at once and like how it was used to having this, this um, kind of omnipotence. Wow. That was, I don't know why I couldn't say that. Uh, You know, it was was used to being omnipotent and kind of now it doesn't have that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, Honestly, what I don't like about it are a lot of the simple 
basic criticisms of sci-fi like oh the names are kind of silly and made up and yeah uh, religion yeah. seems a little like canned and i'm you know so but i'm liking the rest of it so hmm. um i i don't yeah i don't really have like an actual recommendation or anything from this week but i guess i i had a fun favorite sort of well last week um my birthday was last week and um my mom actually bought me a membership to the tolkien society so i'm excited about that i will uh get to read their newsletter and uh fun stuff like that so i'm looking forward to that all right well you'll you'll find that you'll find out that there's a gateway to to middle earth that they've been hiding (laughs) hey this isn't narnia I was about to say, we're not a bunch of pirates who got marooned on an island. Oh, wait. It's, cave that's that right. Middle Earth is like the past. So it's a time machine that takes you back in time. I guess so. This is random, but it's back to something I had said last week. But I finished The Witness. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my two cents on the ending. It was, it was pretty good. The, the trip was better than the ending is all I got to say. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think we're about done for this week. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Katie, you want to take it away? Yes. So once again, I would like to give a thank you to our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate uh, all of you so much for throwing a dollar or any amount of money our way. Uh, thank you very much to Benjamin John Macy, Mike Williams, Avon McMaster, Micah, Jacob Verma, Michael Smith, and Brian Osborne. And I also wanted to just issue a special shout out to Jessica. Thank you for your great uh, message this week. It was really, really heartening. All of us really appreciated oh, yes. you. You made my Monday. We Yeah, we all really loved reading your message. It was wonderful. <laughs> so thanks for reaching out. Anybody, feel free. Email us, theprofessor at talkingtolkien.com. Tweet at us, Talking Tolkien. Send a message on Facebook. Also, Talking Tolkien, we love to hear from you. So I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. All right. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com, and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.